Peter, if you remember at the end of the book of John, I uh, was told by Jesus to feed my lambs. And so I think it's um, pertinent that he, he went around and he preached to, um, to the Jewish nation. Uh, he did have opportunity to preach to Gentiles as well. And, um, and so he actually writes these letters uh, into an area called Turkey, um, which we'll talk about in just a minute. Um, and uh, he writes these letters to, to share the message of Jesus, to help to guide us, to give us some more understanding and some wisdom, which certainly is beyond Peter. Uh, it's wisdom from the Lord. Click into the next one here. Uh, Peter writes to the strangers that are scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. And I have a map. Here we have um, this area is basically Turkey or Anatolia is what it used to be called. And you can see these uh, different regions that he's talking about that he sent letters out to. Um, uh, Peter sending um, letters into this one area specifically called Asia, which is not the Asia we think about when we think about the continent. This is uh, part of the Roman Empire, uh, western part of Turkey. And what's neat about Asia is it actually contains those churches that John wrote to for the book of Revelation. You've got Theatira, Sardis, um, Smyrna, Laodicea and others um, and they're all tucked in on the western side of Asia and so this area I'm not going to go into to details too much about culture but a lot of it was originally a Persian culture that got uh, Hellenized or turned into Greek uh, and then later Romanized and uh, some of them have disappeared altogether and others have just been uh, uh, incorporated into modern day Turkey um, and gone through like the Ottoman Empire and things like that Anyway, back in the first century, Peter's writing to these guys out there and teaching them um, some really great stuff. The real highlight for me in these first two verses is that it focuses, as, as uh, Lauren said, it focuses on the Godhead. It focuses on the three parts of the Trinity, Jesus Christ, God the Father, and the Spirit, or the Holy Spirit. So remember, the, the Godhead... Uh, is a biblical term. It's the, uh, an old English way of saying Trinity. We kind of use the word Trinity today. Um, it's also called the divine Godhead, and that is the Father, the the Spirit, and the Son together. First John 5, 7 says it best, for there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. Each uh, person or member of the Trinity or of the Godhead um, is distinct in many ways, and also uh, unified in one in many ways. Uh, many of the attributes that you could describe uh, the Father with would just as easily be used for the Spirit of the Son, uh, and et cetera, et cetera. Um, the, the, the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God. Jesus is the Word of God. The Spirit and the Son share that. Uh, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, the Spirit uh, is life, is the life giver. Um, so a lot of time we might put one attribute on an individual component or part of the Godhead, and it would be just as easy to apply that to another member. Um, 
there's a lot of complexity when we think about what is the Godhead. And the, the, the real honest truth is we don't understand the Godhead. Uh, we know that they are three in one. Um, we know that they are distinct persons with um, God the Father uh, being the will, the foreknowledge, uh, the spirit coming to us and sanctifying us and, and uh, living inside of us. The son uh, having come to earth and, and, and being the sacrifice for us. Um, but at the same time, they are one. They are eternal. They are together. And there are a lot of arguments that people have made over the years uh, trying to understand this. They like to think of it as an egg with three different parts being one or a clover or something. And the truth is um, we cannot truly fathom that, uh, fathom or understand fully what the Trinity is. And that's okay because we are human and we can't fully understand the, the, the Trinity. God is infinite and we are, we are finite. So it's okay for us to say, I just don't understand. However, we can learn a lot and God can continuously show us. So we'll ask him, Lord, please help us to understand more. One thing we can learn about the Godhead, about God himself, is that uh, he doesn't change. So he says, for I'm the Lord, I change not. Um, actually, that verse says, therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. That's because he's full of mercy. And God has always been full of mercy and slow to anger. Thanks, Lord, that you are. Because there are so many things we've done. And if you were quick to anger, we've been wiped off. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Um, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. So Jesus Christ is not a new idea that came uh, 2,000 years ago. Jesus Christ is from the beginning. He's eternal. The whole Godhead is. He just is. Has always been. Always will be. It has not changed. Here's an example. Uh, the lettuce Godhead. That's just me trying to be a little bit funny. Um, uh, break the ice maybe a little more. Genesis 1, 26 says, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. See the lettuce? And God said, let us. Okay. Maybe not, maybe not that funny. I can't hear if you're laughing or not, but I, I laugh. Uh, so um, God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. That's plural. And so we recognize that God, uh, we have God the Father talking with Jesus and the Holy Spirit about making man in their image. And that I think is profound. Uh, you probably could dig into that a whole lot, but they are three in one and they are conversing together. We know that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us and prays for us. We've seen Jesus pray to the Father. Therefore, they can converse, they can commune and talk with one another. That's pretty amazing. And it's an example for us to, to reach out and, and cry out to the Lord and call upon him. Uh, Genesis eleven seven says, let us go down and confound their language. That's when they had built the tower over there in the, in the building of the Tower of Babel. And, and God is putting the brakes on that saying, all right, all right, man's trying to get his way to become God. He's trying to make his way to heaven. Let's put the brakes on them. And again, let us, not I will go down. It's let us go down. Um, I find that fascinating and, and amazing. We can see right back in the book of Genesis early on that God is showing that he is um, three in one. 
And we can even go back further. We can go right back to Genesis 1, verse one to th- verses 1 to 3. It says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. That's the Father. Verse 2 says, and there was, uh, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God, there's the Holy Spirit, moved upon the face of the waters. And verse 3, and God said, okay, there's a hint. It says, and God said, we know that Jesus is the word, that's God. That's Jesus right there. And God said, that's Jesus. And we can get a second witness on that, and even a third, because Jesus said that he is the light of the world. Let there be light, and there was light, and he's the light of the world. So in the very first three verses of your Bible, you have God the Father, you have God the Spirit, and God the Son. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So we may not be able to fathom all the aspects or um, uh, ways that God is, but we can learn some really neat things. And, and there you go. In the beginning, God. Not changing. All right. I'm not going to go through every single attribute of God, but I am going to highlight a few. Here's a list of stuff that I've kind of put together for God the Father, uh, attributes that describe God the Father. And um, in the slides, in the notes that, that I'll provide, I've got scripture verses that support every every item that you can see here um, with multiple witnesses for those uh, in case you're curious or want to know where did you find that or whatever. Uh, we know that God sits on heaven's throne. God the Father is on the throne. He's the um, the uh, Father or Heavenly Father or Father in heaven. The scriptures say that's where God is. And it, really there isn't anywhere that God isn't because he's infinite and eternal. But um, God the Father um, sits on the throne in heaven. It was Jesus who sits on the right hand of God who came down to earth and the Holy Spirit who dwells in us and gives life. Uh, God the Father feeds his creation. He forgives sins. He gives good gifts. He's the will of God. Um, He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is slow to anger. He's abundant in mercy. Uh, He's unchanging, as we said. God the Holy Spirit. uh, He is holy. Uh, He's the called the spirit of the lord or the spirit of christ he's the holy ghost um in the old king james bible that i like to read holy spirit's actually only used seven times uh and they're pretty neat instances where the phrase holy spirit is used every other time it's either the spirit of the lord or the spirit of christ or holy ghost um or other names that are used like the comforter uh so anyway uh, very neat, uh, different names, different attributes the Holy Spirit has. Uh, he's he's a spirit that quickeneth. It means to give life, uh, to make things alive. Um, like uh, we were dead in our trespasses, but it's the Holy Spirit that, that gives us new life, right? Uh, he's the comforter. Jesus said, well, the comforter will come. The Father will send the comforter to us. And do you know today, um, with so much depression, with so much oppression, it, it is something the Holy Spirit is someone that we need to come into our lives and give us comfort, um, especially in the dark times, especially when we're lonely. It's the Holy Spirit who is really the only answer to solving despair and loneliness. Uh, he will come and comfort 
He's the helper and he intercedes for us. He prays in ways that we cannot to the Father on our behalf. Uh, he sanctifies us, the sanctifier. Uh, he's the earnest of our salvation. The Holy Spirit is uh, like the, the security deposit of our inheritance. So we are still stuck on this earth right now. We're here today, but uh, we have a promise. He's, he seals us with a promise, and, and that promise is eternal life. It's, it's uh, life everlasting with the Lord in heaven, in heavenly Jerusalem. And the gift of the Holy Spirit given to all believers is that sort of deposit here. Here's a taste of eternity. Here's a power that you didn't have before. Here's life that you didn't have before. And one day when you pass over that river Jordan, when you cross out of this flesh into new life, um, then you'll have the fullness of that. Uh, he gives wisdom and revelation and he's the giver of belief of, uh, I've spelt that wrong, giver of belief of the truth. Uh, which is uh, his faith. He gives us faith. Uh, faith is a gift of the Holy Spirit. It is also a, fr a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Oops, I keep clicking the wrong screen. Let's change slides. In Colossians 2, 6 and 10, it says, As you therefore receive Christ Jesus the Lord. And that's an important thing. When you go back through your Old Testament and you see the Lord know that you're talking about Jesus Christ. It says, receive Jesus Christ, the Lord. So walk ye in him, rooted and build it up in him because he is our foundation. He's the foundation, the chief cornerstone, if you remember. Uh, established in faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of man, after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. Think about all the stuff you learn at university. And I was thinking, we got these young people that are trying to make decisions which way they want to go. And it's, it's a real blessing to see they want to go and get founded on the word of God before getting caught into uh, these philosophies and vain deceits and the traditions of man, the rudiments of the world, because um, so many have gone to these universities and been batted around in their faith um, and, and maybe they weren't sound in their faith and they have gone a different direction. Um, so well, just in the, take the moment, Lord, uh, pray for these young people that, that you would make them founded, rooted and built up and established in faith in Jesus Christ. It says that in verse nine, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In Jesus we can learn everything we need to know about the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And, and, and in part, obviously, if he's the word of God, then it, anywhere from Genesis to Revelation, we're going to be able to find information about the Godhead. And, but in his character, you, again, you see how attributes of Jesus can be placed on the Holy Spirit or on the Father. And just by reading John 17, John 10, John 15, uh, John 8, so much, the book of John, let's just say, a book of Revelation, all of Scripture, we can learn so much about Jesus' revel, uh, relationship with the Father, his relationship with the Holy Spirit, uh, about his character, how much he loves people. He loves uh, the world so much that he came to die for us. And we are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power. So there is nothing above our God. There's nothing above him. He is the head everything else at the end of the day every knee will bow every tongue confess that jesus christ is lord 
Here's some names and attributes of Jesus. He's the word. He's Lord of the Sabbath. I love the Lord of the Sabbath because we know that there's a Sabbath coming. There's a, a thousand years of rest coming. And uh, there's a scripture in, in Peter quotes. It says that a thousand years is like a day and a day is like a thousand years to the Lord. And the Lord of the Sabbath, that's Jesus, uh, is going to give us rest. And we struggle through so many things. And yet we are looking forward to that rest. Uh, we, we remember uh, in preparation for Jesus coming, uh, it says that he'll be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. We know that he's the root of Jesse and David. And we remember that David said, the Lord said unto my Lord. He was not even fully understanding Jesus, yet he knew that, um, that Jesus was his Lord, even though he was the King of Israel. He's the beginning and the ending, the first and the last. He's the resurrection and the life. He's the way. He's the truth. He's the Lamb of God. He's the Lion of Judah, the bright and morning star. He's the good shepherd. He's the angel of the Lord. We look in the Old Testament and we can see Abraham talking to Jesus. We can see Manoah uh, putting an offering to Jesus and accepting that offering. We can see many cases in the Old Testament where uh, the, uh, the fancy term is the theophany, where Jesus comes pre-incarnate and is before um, people in the in the Old Testament. Uh, if if uh, God the Father was presented before them, they would not be able to uh, to live. Uh, the, the flesh would just be destroyed. But Jesus is our mediator. And so he's able to to come between us and the Father and we can see him. And uh, the scripture in John says that no man has seen God at every time, and yet we have seen Jesus Christ. And Peter saw Jesus. Uh, the other disciples saw him. And, and on other occasions, um, we see, I looked upon God and I'm alive. How's that? Um, like Manoah. And, uh, and so we know that that's Jesus, because if we looked on the Father, we kind of roasted. Um, he's the resurrection and the life. I got in there twice. Well, that's good. He is. He's the Lord of hosts and the captain of the Lord's host. Remember, Joshua uh, sees the captain of the Lord's host and talks with him. Are you on my side? And Jesus says, I'm, I'm not on your side. <laughs> it's uh, Joshua that had to come to his side, which I think is pretty profound. Um, he doesn't change. He doesn't change sides. Jesus is the side that we need to go to. He's the I am that I am he, at the burning bush. And as I said at the very beginning, he is, and God said. Anytime you see, and God said in the Old Testament, or the Lord said, please pay attention, because that's Jesus talking. That's Jesus, who he is. Um, the parts of the Trinity, you know, each have a different uh, responsibility. God the Father is the will of God. He is the one who sends his son. He actually sends the comforter. And John 1, 14, it says, And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And when you look at the slide notes for this one, there are a ton of verses showing how uh, the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world, that Jesus came to the world to, to save sinners. Um, why Jesus came? Because he's obeying his Father, and his Father loved the world so much that he sent his only begotten Son to be the Savior of the world. 
Um, Matthew eleven twenty seven says, All things were delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Remember that in Jesus dwelleth all the um, the whole, I'll go back up to it, for in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. So Jesus knows the Father and helps us to understand the Father. So even when you're looking throughout your Old Testament scriptures, we are looking at the face of Jesus who gives us understanding of who his Father is. And that's why you look in the Old Testament and it says, Lord, Lord, Lord. It's talking about the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord God of Israel. That's who we're looking at. That's who we're talking about. And he's sharing his understanding of the Father to us. He's sharing that we don't know because um, we can't see him. Jesus gives us his spirit. And he said, John twenty twenty two. and when he had said this, he breathed on them. Breathed is so profound when connected with the spirit because our respiration to breathe includes the word spirit. And he said unto them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. And in Acts 1.8, he says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the uttermost parts of the earth. Jesus gives us the Holy Spirit, part of himself, part of the Godhead, to sanctify us, to help us to go out with power, power from the Word, power from the Holy Spirit, to share the gospel Look at in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world to share with those in our neighborhoods, in their cities, on the island, British Columbia, Canada, the whole world, to go out and share the good news of Jesus Christ. That's why he's given us his spirit. And who bringeth life into Adam? Now, what God is not, it says in Acts 17, 29, for as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone. And you look in the Old Testament and you see them making idols out of molten gold or carved gold uh, or decking a, a carved piece of wood with gold. Uh, they decked it with silver. They carved it out of stone. Um, it's, God is not like that. He's not graven by art. He's not depicted by any art. So if you look at those symbols. You see the symbol of the cross. Well, the symbol of the cross doesn't really represent God. Um, it reminds us that Jesus went to the cross, but it doesn't represent God. He's not represented by any art form or any symbol. He's not represented by a triquetra. He's not represented by um, the picture of the dove or the, um, the Jesus fish in the back of your car. Those things we have made, but God says, I'm not. You can't. I'm an invisible God. I'm not graven by art. And uh, he's not man's devices. Remember, it's not about creating God in our image. We were created in his image. And we tend to make all sorts of devices. Uh, we devise things. And oftentimes we end up worshiping them. We, you know, uh, I've got a background in one of my, or some of my computers with a really cool looking Ferrari. Okay. Cause it looks cool and it, I, I very, something to appreciate. But don't we take that too far? Don't we look at things like that that are man's devices and tend to elevate that way high? 
I think we do. And um, we have a lot of devices from phones to computers to, and thankfully we have the ability to do this technology right now for, for good, but oftentimes it could be used for not good. And, and we all know that the internet can be used um, probably more frequently for not good than it does for good. Uh, so that is not how God is represented. Uh, there, that was at one point the most expensive cell phone um, in the world. It was uh, when the iPhone 5 came out, a diamond-studded, gold-covered iPhone, <laughs> which I can't wrap my mind around why somebody cared to do that with a technology that's going to change it uh, uh, so frequently. But I guess uh, that uh, something they wanted to feel really good about themselves about. Um, he's God is not represented this way, but idols are, and we have a lot of those. <laughs> in our lives. Uh, we don't, we put Christ first, but the world has a lot of idols in their lives. And uh, whenever we elevate something, we ought to put it down and put Christ up, lift up the Lord. Continuing on in our verses, uh, Peter was elect according to the foreknowledge of God and um, God, the father, God, the father knows all things. He it, uh, described in the in the Gospels as telling Jesus, uh, giving Jesus the knowledge, and the Father uh, uh, gave um, Jesus all things, told Jesus all things, and um, and that's amazing. There's even a statement Jesus says that no man knoweth the the day nor the hour, save the Father, and so even Jesus submitted himself to not knowing the day nor the hour, but the Father knows. And, and the, the father is the, the foreknowledge. He's the will. He's the, uh, the, the head of all, if you would. Then we go on. It says the sanctification through sanctification of the spirit. The Holy Spirit was given to us to sanctify us, to continue to, to change us. Remember, God doesn't change. Something has to change. That's us. We're the ones that still have that no good thing dwelling inside us. We have the flesh wrapped around our spirit and our soul. And that flesh lusts after things. And it is, um, it is something that just kind of drags us down. But the Holy Spirit is, is cutting that away. It's helping us to crucify that flesh, to, to purify us, to make us more Christ-like. Uh, we are adopted uh, to be brothers and sisters with Christ, to be sons of God, and the Holy Spirit is preparing us for that. He's preparing us for the day where we get to, to cross over, to go to heaven, to, to leave these bodies, whether it be through translation or through death. Um, one of the two, we're going, we're going to be with the Father. We're going to be with Jesus. We're going to be with the Holy Spirit. Unto obedience. And Jesus uh, ultimately obeys the father. The father said, sent the son. He says, go and be a sacrifice. And Jesus willingly laid down his life um, for us. And that's the obedience that we also would uh, strive for, that uh, we are to obey God by loving him and loving others. Remember the two commandments that it all boils down to is love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love our neighbors as yourselves. Uh, there, uh, 
this great verse in the beginning of first john 5 that says that if we love god we'll obey his commandments we'll do the things he wants us to do and the two commandments that really sums up are these two to love him with everything we have and to love others so much that we would tell them of the the uh, coming judgment of that they're going to die one day and they're going to face judgment if they don't repent and trust in Jesus Christ for their salvation. Jesus has already paid the price. They just need to trust him and turn away from their life of sin. And we need to tell them, we need to love them so much that we're willing to tell them despite uh, how it makes us feel or the awkwardness or the difficulties. We need to tell people about that, uh, that saving gospel message. And so let us obey the Lord, just like Jesus did. Jesus sprinkled his blood to cleanse us. But also the sprinkling of the blood was the sacrifice that was required. It was the price for our sins. And it was pointed unto man once to die, and then the judgment, Jesus took that punishment for us and sprinkled his blood out. Now that blood cleanses us from all sin and makes us pure and white. And it is a, a form of baptism. It's a spiritual form of baptism. And and um, we can be cleansed. When you trust in Jesus Christ, when you repent of your sins, you will wash clean. That old stuff is all, all gone. And guess what? Even the stuff you're going to do, the, the sins you're going to make, mistakes you're going to make, the lust that you're going to fulfill in weakness, it's gone paid for already why because god is full of grace and mercy and, and and peter sums it up at the end he says grace unto you and peace be multiplied grace unto you and, and peace you don't have to be guilty you don't have to feel guilty when you've given your life to christ when you've given up all that to the Lord. You've given it them all and love the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. You're going to be filled with peace because you don't, ha you don't have that anymore. It's gone. They says be multiplied. Remember another time we see multiplied in the scriptures. It said 30, 60, and 100 fold. That's because the word of God goes out and in the right soil it grows up and it multiplies. So, Lord Jesus, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your peace. Multiply that through us. Help us to go out and share your good news, to share your love to others. They'll know we are Christians by our love. Help us to do that. Multiply it through us, through others, that they would go out and do it again. And then they would go and do it. We give you glory, Lord, because it's all due you. You are amazing. You are eternal. Thank you, Father, that you sent the Son to die for us. Thank you, Jesus, that you've given us your spirit and your words. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you dwell inside us and you sanctify us. Thank you that you point us back to the Father. Thank you that you intercede on our behalf. when We don't even know what to pray or how to pray, which we often don't. You're interceding. You're talking to the Father on our behalf. Thank you, Jesus, that you mediate for us. That you said, this is mine. I, I paid for this one. I paid for that one. I paid, paid for these. Thank you that we can become called sons of God. 
but we worship you. We say hallelujah. Magnify the name of Jesus Christ. And we lift up the word. Who is Jesus? Lift up the Father. As all glory is due unto him. And the Holy Spirit that you've given us, which gives us life. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.